Hi, I'm Rick Anthony, and welcome to the Someone You Should Know podcast, the podcast that focuses on musicians, authors, and interesting people. We like to say we're making a difference one artist at a time. So sit back, have a cold one, and get ready to meet someone you should know. One thing that I have noticed in my six decades of going to church, members of the clergy sometimes regardless of denomination, like to break the mood and tell a joke. So me telling you that today's guest is both a rabbi and a stand-up comic, that's not too hard to believe. And I've known this man's work for over 20 years, thanks to Sirius XM Radio. He's the legendary Rabbi Bob Alper. Welcome aboard. I am so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. Nice to be here, wherever we are. Well, this is just outside of Chicago land, okay. but, was, but, but we've got listeners over in Europe and Asia and everything. So I'm excited about having you on the show. Delighted uh, to have you on. And I'm not just saying that because the check cleared. Uh, I've been a comedy writer for the all. I was a comedy writer for the All Star Radio Network for over 19 years, and I still dabble in it. And I'll never forget Bill Ingvall telling me that comedy is simply just looking 15 degrees off norm. <laughs> <That's pretty good. laughs> when, when did when did you, as a rabbi, start telling jokes? Uh, you know, I always use jokes and funny stories in my sermons in front of my congregations. So I've had 50 years experience performing in front of a hostile audience. <laughs> when I was when I was very, three years old, I made a joke. I won't go through the whole joke, but I remember thinking at that moment, I'm one funny toddler. <laughs> <laughs> so I always did funny. In high school, I, I put out the first April Fool's edition of the high school paper uh. in seminary. I gave a sermon with uh, a voice coming out of the, the ceiling of the chapel saying she was God and she was angry with me for not preaching about her. I won the the, uh, the prize for sermon delivery and oratory then. Oh, that, that's... Um, and in, in my congregation, I would always begin, not always, but often use some humor. You know, it, there's a tradition that goes back to the days of the Talmud where a teacher named Rabbi used to begin every lesson with a joke. He said it would relax the students, yeah. and then they could understand the serious message that he would impart. I, I always love that, and that's just it. I'll never forget a priest friend of ours. He would start his his whole introduction after after the blessing, everything like that. He says, "Just want to let you know, since Notre Dame won today, it'll be the short homily." <laughs> <laughs> now, Bob, you're an ordained uh, rabbi. You served your congregation for 14 years. You hold a doctorate from Princeton Theological Seminary. How did your parents take the idea that you're going to be doing stand-up comedy with all those accolades? I had an easy transition. I had served two congregations, a large congregation in Buffalo and then in Philadelphia. And then I'd earned the doctorate. I was going to do counseling, pastoral counseling, life cycle events. So I left the congregation. And then that summer, I saw this Jewish Comic of the Year contest, which I entered. There were 100 entries. I came in third behind a chiropractor and a lawyer. Uh, neither of whom was doing stand-up comedy, uh, and so so the transition to becoming a comedian was was slow, uh, but it was easy. And I'm sorry about the sirens you hear. That's okay. It's New York. Shows today, um, but it, it it was a process that um, uh, there was no hardship. You know, I didn't quit one thing and try another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I transitioned. My parents felt. Uh, they were skeptical. I think they were a little a little disappointed when I left the congregation. But my mother worked in a synagogue for years, uh, even after I left the congregation. And things would go on there. And she would always call me and say, I'm so glad you're not in the congregation. I'm so glad you're not in the congregation. <laughs> 
it's a tough life. You know. <laughs> you I, had a good, I had a good run for 14 abs- years. Absolutely. And you've appeared at some legendary comic venues, uh, Hollywood's Improv, The Comedy Store. Uh, by the way, I just uh, saw a documentary about uh, L.A.'s Comedy Store being the, basically the jewel in the comedy crown. Yeah. What do you remember from performing those particular venues? And were you frightened by doing some of those particular venues because of their how, how important they are in the comedy realm? Yes, uh, I was frightened when, uh, with the comedy store because I was doing a guest set. Uh-huh. And the guy I followed was probably the dirtiest guy I've ever heard oh, perform stand-up comedy. And then here's this this squeaky clean rabbi comes up there. But, you know, I, I did my set and I was nervous. And afterward, the, the fellow who ran the place, he said, you know, whenever you're back in town, let me know and I'll put you on stage, which was a real compliment. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a nice accomplishment as far as that goes. They say that's the stepping stone to The Tonight Show. And, yeah. uh, and we're going to talk about The Tonight Show coming up in just a second here. But last December, you bested 20 nationally performing comedians uh, in a contest sponsored by the Vermont Comedy Festival. Well done, by the way. Thank you. Thank uh, you. What comedians did you listen to when you were growing up and whom do you enjoy today as far as a good comedian? Good question. I I, I was a, a huge fan, still am, of, of Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. Unbelievably. Uh, uh, and he makes me laugh every moment I even think of his name. Uh, I used to memorize and perform and adapt Shelley Berman routines and mm-hmm. Bob Newhart routines. Oh, yeah. Um, today, of the comics, uh, you know, there are a lot that I like, a lot that I really would never listen to. But uh, one, of the, one of the people I really admire most is Gary Goleman. Oh, yeah, I know Gary. Yeah, he is. I've talked to Gary a couple times. Yeah, he's a good, funny and he's brilliant. I mean, his his bit about the naming the states. That is the best, isn't it? Yeah, I was Uh, telling a friend about that as far as AK, Alaska. Okay. (laughs) I've done it. I've listened to it probably 50 times and I still laugh. So he'd be really at, at the top of my list. Awesome. awesome, very good. Yeah, I know Gary quite well. Very, very good. Oh, that's a good, good call. Let's let's get back to the the, the Vermont Comedy Festival. Oh, okay. uh, how how did how did that all go? I mean, as far as you all winning them, but uh, I, I, uh, I, I read in the paper that they were having a contest. It was a one minute contest. You have to tell do your stuff in one minute, and they they blow a horn, and you're off. Uh-huh. And I wrote the the guy who was organizing. I said, you know, it's only a week out. I'm I'm wait. I'm, I'm not performing the festival, but could I? He said, sure. So they had twenty people, uh, four groups of five, and then they'd vote who won. And uh, you do your one minute thing, and then uh, they'd pick two people, and they do a, a runoff between the two, and then four. And then, anyway, I I'm f- probably forty to forty five years older than the next oldest comedian in the mm-hmm. group, and I had material, for example. One of my one-minute things was I said, uh, you know, we, we have a dog, and they say dogs and their owners begin to look alike and act alike, a little reciprocity. But it's kind of strange. In our house, uh, my, my dog gives me kisses, and my wife turns around three times before she sits. <laughs> very good. Very good. So you know, that was one of the jokes I used. Uh, uh, I, I just grabbed bits of my act, and, uh, Wonderful. and I won. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Now, we were talking about the Tonight Show. You were recently named the Honorary Comedic Advisor to the Pope, uh, winning an international contest launched by Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show. Is that your high watermark? <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, look, what other rabbi comedian could say that uh, a South African puppet news program did a whole segment on him, <laughs> which they did. 
they had you know, about the rabbi who became the, the Pope's comedic advisor. So I got tremendous publicity, wow. and it was it was fun. What, what happened was um, a woman, her name is Rosalie Fox. She's in our town. She said, "Bob, there's a contest that Jimmy Fallon is announcing called Joke with the Pope." You have to send in a, a clip of what joke you think the Pope would like the most, because he was he was then coming to America, and he has a great sense of humor. And he's a sort mm-hmm. so. Uh, um, I said, Rosalie, I don't do contests. Two weeks later, I'm at farmer's market. I said, Bob, the deadline is two. I said, now you're annoying me, Rosalie. <laughs> but but I, I was home. It was Sunday. I was reading the paper. And I took out my cell phone, and I told this joke. I said, uh, uh, my wife and I have been married for uh, 53 years, and our lives are totally in sync. For example, at the same time I got hearing aids, she stopped mumbling. <laughs> That's a, that's a good one, Bob. That's a that's a good. One. I, I sent it in. Uh-huh. Weeks later, I, I found out there were there were four thousand entries from forty seven countries, and on the website they had jokes from Cardinal Dolan, uh, 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 Bill Murray, uh, you know Al Roker, and, mm-hmm. and, and four thousand other people, and I won. Wow. And so they, you know, it was great. They, I, I got to sit in the Tonight Show, and I didn't get on the Tonight Show, but that's a goal that I still have. Um, but. Uh, during the intermission, Jimmy goes around the audience. He's very, very affable. He's really lovely and talks to people. And at the end, he got to me and I said, uh, I said, Jimmy, you remember the uh, joke of the Pope contest, which he entered himself to? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. I said, I won. And <laughs> he said, well, what's your joke? And I told the joke and it really it killed with the audience. Awesome. But uh, I'm still waiting for the invitation. I was going to say, what is the invitation from the Pope? Has he uh, commented anything yet? <laughs> you know, uh, I got a, I have a lovely um, uh, certificate on my wall. Oh my! It says the Pope loves comedy and the Pope loves you. Uh, supposedly written by the Pope, uh, so it's, it's a it's a precious uh, object in my home. <laughs> whether I'd you're love whether to meet you're... him, I, I went to Italy one time, but you know, I was on vacation. He was on vacation, didn't get to meet him. Yeah. Well, whether if you're the Pope or not, if you happen to be in New York coming up on Monday, Bob's in a uh, a really cool, uh, he's got a tour going on right now, and you've already had two shows. The final one is coming up Monday the 27th. How's the event going, and who's on the bill with you? Uh, I do a thing called Laugh in Peace. I've been doing that since 2002 with a a variety of people, but primarily uh, it's it's with a Muslim comedian and a Christian comedian. And (laughs) uh, a Christian comedian. Is you, all walk, you all walk into a bar? <laughs> Do it. We, we've done that. We've walked into a bar. Oh, yeah. And, and the only reason we can do that is that Susan is American Baptist, not Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, I work with uh, Susan and Gibran Salim, uh, who's a Muslim comic. And uh, uh, first of all, we're really close friends. We, we love working together. Uh, we were talking the other night about uh, we did – uh, the uh, National Comedy Center in uh, in Jamestown, New York. It's an amazing museum. We had lectured at the Chautauqua Institution, and then we were performing. But before the show, we went out for dinner, and, and Javon su- su- suggested, he says, the rodeo in town. Let's go over there and, and see the rodeo before we go to the show. So we did, and we, we had dinner surrounded by horse poop. <laughs> <laughs> and But we were having such a good time. You know, we never got to see the rodeo, had to go over to do the show, but the poor server, you know, she's she's got this rabbi, this this Muslim comic, and and this minister who are all comedians um, sitting there, and, and she was didn't know what to say. She, she said, "Do you want fries?" I don't know. Um, but <laughs> but, but uh, so, so that was uh, 
um, a major. I don't know what, what was the question. <laughs> no, no problem. You were talking about that. You were talking about how the show is going and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and, so um, um, yeah, we've been doing this show uh, for all these years, and it's it's first of all, it's it's a hundred percent clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done tons and tons of colleges, mosques, synagogues, churches. Uh, the uh, Clinton Presidential Library. We did the World Bank. Uh, we've done it in uh, in uh, Israel, uh, England, um, all across North America, and we love doing it. And there's a message, you know, an underlying message of of uh, uh, that when you laugh together, you can't hate each other. Oh, that's true. Very, very, very true. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, we're going to include links to uh, in the show notes to uh, get tickets for Monday's performance, great. and this is um, this is happening. Uh, at the Triad Theater on West 52nd in oh, no, West 72nd. Well, I'm um, West 72nd. Yeah, West 72nd in New York. And uh, once again, it's going to be a dynamite show. I highly recommend you check it out. Now, all comedians have a go-to joke when they need to reel the audience back in. You might. You've said a couple of jokes already. I hope I did. We haven't used it so far. What's your go-to joke? You know, sometimes I, I, I usually sometimes I end the show with a joke because you know when you watch a comedian. You say, oh, he was very funny, but I can't remember what he said. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, when I, except, you know, certain things. But so I, I give them a joke at the end, which they can remember and then take back. And the joke I, I, I sometimes use is about a couple was celebrating their 65th birthday together. They were born around the same time. And a genie appeared. The genie said, you've been lovely people. They're going to grant each of you one wish. The wife said, oh, I've always dreamed of taking an around the world cruise. And poof, she had two tickets in her hand. Mm-hmm. My husband said, well, as for me, I've always wanted to have a wife 30 years younger than I am. And poof, <laughs> was 95. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. No, uh, one skill that comedians always need to know is to how to handle hecklers. Now, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to heckle a comedian who has a direct connection to the almighty. You know? <laughs> right. how, do you, how do you deal with hecklers? Or do you ever have a problem with hecklers? I really don't. First of all, my shows are usually private shows. Mm-hmm. All the sh- they're not clubs. I don't do. I do clubs occasionally, mm-hmm. but very, very rarely. And uh, it, it's you never know. You know, probably the the hardest thing in life is to do a a midnight bachelorette party at a comedy club. <laughs> uh, so, but hopefully, they're not saying time, take it off. You know, <laughs> I mean, just you know, it's they don't. They're not listening to you. But um, once in a while, in the early days, I'd be doing a guest set in a club, and I was I was not good. <laughs> I had some <laughs> terrible days. I mean, awful. But somebody would be talking, and my only heckler line is, uh, "Excuse me, sir, uh, would you mind leading us in the silent prayer?" <laughs> but once I've done that one, I have, I have nothing in the uh, in the quiver. <laughs> well, that works. That one works. You not not only are you a rabbi, not only are you a comedian, but you've also an accomplished author. You've published a couple of books. Life doesn't get any better than this. An award winning full color cartoon book called "The Rabbi Confesses" or "A Rabbi Confesses." And recently, uh, thanks, I needed that. Can you give us a little synopsis of these books? And uh, what I'll do sure. is we'll include links in the show notes to where people can buy these. Bob, can you give us a kind of a synopsis of you, the author? Yep. The, uh, uh, the cartoon book was kind of a fluke. I met a man who had a friend who was a magnificent cartoonist. We put together 50 pages, and, and that was uh, about 20, 25 years ago. The two important books, I would say, are they're each a collection of about 35, maybe four or five page uh, stories. They were all true stories, 
There's a little bit of humor, but most of them are very, very inspirational. People need to have Kleenex at hand because they tell warm, uplifting, sad stories. And uh, people people react when I put them on fa- put them on Facebook every week, and I get wonderful comments. Uh, uh, and it evokes feelings. You know, I I had a, a story about uh, my bar mitzvah mm-hmm. and uh, how how the difficult part of my bar mitzvah was to decide when I'm finished, when the rabbi finishes blessing me, when I walk back to my father and my grandfather, it was back in the, in the fifties, women sat in the front row, not on the pulpit. <clears throat> when I went back, we we're family where the men kissed each other. Mm-hmm. And, and was I going to kiss my father and my grandfather in front of all my friends? And my mother, my father said, it's your decision, Bobby, you can do whatever you want. And I agonized over it. And then when it came time, I walked back and I kissed my grandfather and I kissed my father. And uh, I said, that was the moment where I be- started to become the man that I hope I've become. Awesome. Very good. I, I really like stories like that, Bob. And uh, thanks for blessing us with that one today. Uh, one feature that we love to include for performers is regardless if you're a musician or a comedian, it's called Tales from the Road. And this is those infamous road stories of getting to a gig, from a gig, something to happen on stage at a gig, something to happen backstage at a gig, your hotel accommodations. What would Bob Alpers, Rabbi Bob Alpers, Tales from the Road be? I'll, I'll give you two two examples. All right, go ahead. Doing a show with with a Muslim comic at uh, Oklahoma State University. And I was he was driving from Tulsa. I was driving from Oklahoma City. That's the way the the planes work. And I noticed it was I guess Clergy Appreciation Month down in Oklahoma, and all these little tiny churches had portable billboards with mm-hmm. words like "We love you, Pastor Rick." Or Pastor Ruth is number one in our hearts. And I started thinking Jews would never do this. If we did, it would say something like, Rabbi Chuck has great potential. <laughs> or 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 maybe uh, we liked the old rabbi better. <laughs> so so I'm, I was working with a guy named Azar Usman, and we we're talking on the phone as we were driving. I said, I just saw this. Should I try this tonight? And at Oklahoma State, the audience consisted of 300 Muslims and one Jew who was a, uh, a, a federation director from Tulsa. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, try it. I mean, here's a joke that seems like a very Jewish joke. I did the joke and it was great. They loved it. Um, so I learned along the way, driving down, uh, picked up a joke. The other, the other story I love telling is when I was working with a guy named Mo Ammer. And listeners probably have heard of Mo Ammer. He has two Netflix specials. He has a, a, a Netflix pro show called Mo, which is the highest rated Netflix uh, episode. It's eight, eight, eight episodes. Wow, and okay. And renewed for next year. Uh, he's in the movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. His career has skyrocketed, and it, well, it should because he's a very talented man and a wonderful guy. But we did about know, 50 shows together. And one night, we did a show at Congregation Call on Me in White Plains, New York. And we we're driving back to the hotel, and Mo says to me, by the way, Bob, I meant to ask you, what does kol ami mean? I said, well, it's Hebrew. It means voice of my people. He said, oh, because in Arabic, it means eat my uncle. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, 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 love, I love having a comedian because they always make me laugh, especially to start, <laughs> to start my day. And, uh, and, and, and the thing is... I like I say I wrote comedy for many many years for the All Star Radio Network that was actually syndicated on many morning shows, and yeah. um, it, it's just fun. It is you know why 
why be in a bad mood when you can laugh? And laughing is what makes us all a better person. Exactly. Exactly. now, you reside in rural Vermont. I love this, this little statement that was included in his bio, folks. It says, Bob resides in rural Vermont with his wife, Sherry, a psychotherapist. Professionally, he makes people laugh, and she makes people cry. Right. Yep. <laughs> how, about some, how about some props to your lovely, your lovely bride? Well, she, I, I talk about her in the act. You know, I, 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 I like to talk about how, how we met. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a sweet story, uh, uh, I was home from, my parents had moved from Providence where we lived to, to Bennington, Vermont after I uh, went to college. My father had a job up there. And I was home from college after my sophomore year, hanging out with a friend whose younger sister was hosting a slumber party for six girls with whom she just graduated high school. We crashed the party. And for some reason, the girls were sitting on the floor of the kitchen. And I looked down, I saw one really cute girl wearing pink baby doll pajamas. And I thought to myself, wow. I bet she would look hot in clothes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I talk about, tell another story about Sherry. Go. Um, Go. We've got the time. Do it. <laughs> We've got the time. Do it. <laughs> she, she, uh, she goes to, con- she used to go to conventions and uh, she told one of the presenters talked about, working with a couple around the issue of communication in their marriage. At a certain point, the way the therapist said uh, to the wife, let me ask you, how do you express when you want to make love? The woman said, well, I, I say, sweetheart, I'm going upstairs now. I'm going to take a long, hot shower. Her husband said, that's what you've been telling me? All these years, I thought you meant I shouldn't run the dishwasher. <laughs> You know, it's, it's strange, Bob. Um, I was married to a lovely lady for almost 40 years until she she passed in 2018. And the the lovely lady that I am with now, I we got married during the pandemic 2021. Uh, I've known since the seventh grade. And uh, my my previous wife knew that anything she does will end up on my radio show. <laughs> and and and, and, Le- and Leslie is learning that <laughs> what she says could actually probably did end up on the air numerous times. I just retired, by the way. I just retired on uh, January the first after 40, 44 years of radio. Really? So, yeah. So this is what I'm doing now. I'm yeah. I'm I am officially her husband, <laughs> yeah. doing whatever she wants yeah. me to do, and I'm doing these podcast shows. Just basically, this is my nicotine patch, so I don't ask to go back on the radio again. <laughs> Well, you do you do a great job, and it's a, it's it's so easy for you know a, a guest like me to to be on with you because you're you're terrific. Thank you so very much. Now, being a comedian, this is now this is something that I learned through the years. As far as a, just a, kind of a practice, I always kept a notepad by the side of the toilet and also by the side of the bed <laughs> because I'll, I'll wake up with something funny in my head, or I'll be sitting on the throne and something funny comes to mind. Do, do you have something common like that? occasionally mm-hmm. occasionally but usually not mitch hedberg talks about that oh i love mitch oh i miss him so much he said he, he, he he'd have the notepad um but if he'd wake up with an idea and the notepad was over on the dresser and he was tired he'd think nah, it wasn't so funny i'm not gonna get up and write it. <laughs> more of my jokes are kind of what if jokes you know mm-hmm. i see something and say, but what if the something else and change the premise and and uh but i I don't usually write them down unless mm-hmm. I want to you know, work on them later. 
Well, that's well. How about some links to your material, Bob? If, uh, if someone wants to book you or uh, you, to, uh, we, we're going to include the links to your books and such, and also the uh, the the date on uh, uh, Monday, Monday's concert date or the the, uh, the venue date. Any other links that you've got, Bob, that we should check uh, out? I'll include those in the notes. But what do you got? Um, so you, you, my my website will be on the notes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll include uh, that too. It's it's if you go to bobalper.com, uh, first of all, there's a video on there, video of me performing solo, about seven minutes, uh-huh. video of Laugh and Peace, about seven minutes of us uh, performing together, uh, links to, to my books. And uh, so everything's, everything's there. Um, and, and people, they often think our name is Alpert. Yeah, like, Actually, like Herb I, Alpert. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they made that mistake. But we tell them our name used, used to be Alpert, but we, uh, we dropped the T at a party in Boston. To the, to the last drop, he, he winds up coming up with some good comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like my my name is Rick R I K, not R I C K. And yeah. I always tell everyone, I says uh, I came from a poor family who couldn't afford all the letters. <laughs> <laughs> any clo- any closing thoughts? There, this is kind of a comedy roundtable this morning here. Any uh, co- a closing thoughts, uh, Bob? Um, you know, yeah, on a serious level, you know, people say, so you stop being a rabbi? No, I'm always a rabbi. And there are all kinds of ways to be a rabbi. You can be a congregational rabbi, academic life, uh, chaplaincy, organizations. My rabbinate is making people laugh. And I think there's there's a, a holiness in laughter where you making people laugh. The And the, the example that I use is something that happened to me uh, years ago, but I'll never forget. I was after a show was over, a woman who I knew was was dying of cancer came up to me, and she looked at me. She said, "You know," she said, "For an hour and a half, I forgot I was sick." Well, that's that's wonderful, absolutely and, wonderful. Yeah, the, I, the, the power of comedy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right, Monday night. If you're in New York, the Triad Theater West, seventy second. Make sure you get yourself some tickets to see this funny man, along with whom else, uh, Bob? Who's on the bill again? Reverend Susan Sparks and Gibran Salim. Awesome. Very good, Bob. It has been an absolute honor to have you on the show today. I've been a fan of yours for 20 plus years. (laughs) I really really thank you so very much, Bob, for taking the time uh, to be on the show with us today. And, uh, and, And I thank you once again for being on Someone You Should Know. Thanks, Rick. Hi, this is Rick Anthony thanking you again for listening to this episode of Someone You Should Know. Now, if you're an aspiring musician or an established musician that's looking for a little exposure, I invite you to drop us a line at someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. That's someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. Also, I invite you to tell a friend about the Someone You Should Know podcast. I thank you for tuning in this time and I invite you to check us out next time on the Someone You Should Know podcast because you never know who's going to show up. Until next time, remember, God loves you and so do I.